Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your Cape Crusader Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with our new guest, Matt D. Wilson. We're here to break down Imposter Syndicate and everything in between. Matt, welcome to the stream. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me, Cody. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Matt uh, is, is well known for uh, everything will be okay from Caliber Comics, a Supreme Villainy from Talos Press, as well as a, a host of an awesome podcast, War Rocket Ajax Podcast. I mean, it seems like you have your hand in a little bit of everything. So, Matt, before we dive into all of that, let's begin with the basics and start with a who you are and how you got into creating comics. Yeah, I have wanted to make comics for a long, long time, but you're not wrong when you say I have a hand in a little bit of everything because when I was a teenager or a kid I wanted to be a comic book writer I wanted to write comedy essays I wanted to be a journalist I wanted to um I didn't know that I wanted to be a podcaster but I maybe wanted to be a talk show host mm -hmm. um like I, I I wanted to do all of those things and had a really hard time deciding which one I wanted to be. So I ended up doing it all. Uh, I've, I've written comedy essays online. Um, like you mentioned Supreme Villainy that, that and the other two King Oblivion PhD books were started as a website I created to write comedy essays. Um, after I stopped working at Cracked, I worked at Cracked for a while in the mid 2000s. Uh, I've been a comics journalist i've i've done so many things um and i've always wanted to do comics but i've never had the artistic talent to do anything but the writing part mm -hmm. uh, I, I used to draw a lot as a kid and so many other kids were so far ahead of me in terms of artistic talent that i i decided i was just going to stick to the writing part and that's that's great but it also makes it more difficult to get out there and make your own comics. So it took until about, I guess, 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago for me to actually get my foot in the door in making comics. Um, I met some other people who were making them writers and artists and, and kind of got into a community of comics creators. And uh, I started working with, an artist named Kevin Warren on a web comic of uh, my first comic, Copernicus Jones, Robot Detective. I love and, the uh, name. <laughs> yeah, that ran for a web comic for, as as a web comic for a while, and then um, as I was podcasting and meeting more people, um, I sort of on the fly pitched that idea to Monkey Brain Comics. And then it became a digitally published monkey brain comic. So wow. that was, that was my first foray into making my own comics, which was something I, again, had wanted to do for a really long time. And uh, since then it's been kind of making comics in between other projects and doing other things. So they, mm -hmm. they don't come out all that frequently. Um, <laughs> Copernicus Jones was, you know, a, several years like 2013 2014 uh then everything will be okay uh we kickstarted that in 2018 and caliber released it in 2020 and now here we are at imposter syndicate a comic the my first idea for a comic uh that i had in 2003 mm -hmm. so 
it's it's been a, a long journey <laughs> that's so awesome so do you feel like the uh, comic journalism and podcasting help like propel you a little bit within the comic creation process like since you kind of already had your foot in the door just on a different side of the door yes absolutely i i i've always wanted to be really careful especially you know when i was i used to write for comics alliance um i never wanted to ask anybody during an interview or if i was at a convention as a member of the press i never wanted to be like hey i got ideas for books you should publish my book <laughs> yeah um because because you know that's a conflict of interest I, mm -hmm. but but uh it did help me meet people and the podcast war rocket ajax has certainly helped me meet people and through meeting people who were already kind of established in mm -hmm. comics um i've i've gotten some opportunities and i've also met people who are just getting started who are looking for opportunities and i can say well i'm not a huge name but i if we work together maybe we can get somewhere with this because mm -hmm. you know i've i've got a little bit of cachet through podcasting and the other work i've done so the artist on everything will be okay and imposter syndicate rodrigo vargas uh was just a listener of war rocket ajax that is so cool yeah he um he lives in chile and he emailed me out of the blue uh this is probably five or six years ago now mm -hmm. oh no it's more like seven years ago you lose track of time after a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but he emailed me like seven or eight years ago and said i'm an artist i'm trying to get more attention for my work is there anything you would want me to do and at the time we were doing like pinups for patreon and it you know it seemed like he wanted to do a patreon pinup and i said why don't we make a comic together and that was the start of making um, everything will be okay together. So it's, I, I'm like the worst networker in the world. It was, <laughs> it was like only a few years ago that I realized that you go to comic conventions as a creator, not to like sit at your table and sell books, but to meet people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and network. And um, so I'm not good at it, but I sort of, organically networked through podcasting and and journalism stuff too over time um so it undoubtedly it helped me yeah so what was that comic like that you worked with uh, rodrigo uh like uh, the story uh, for it you talking about everything will be okay uh yeah yep yep so uh that one is <laughs> essentially me working through every existential fear that i have um, so it's very funny that it finally got published in 2020 when <laughs> everybody's existential fears came true. Yeah. The world was um, just burning alive. At that time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Cause the, the pitch for that book and sort of the log line for it, that's on the back is what if every possible disaster that could happen happened all at once. And uh, it's, so it's like catastrophizing as a comic book. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's these characters living in a world where, every real disaster like tornadoes meteors volcanoes erupting earthquakes floods are all happening and then there's also zombies and kaiju and 
all these fictional uh, disasters happening too at the same time. And uh, so it's about their escape from Earth and then they go to space and their disasters in space and they go to an alternate dimension <laughs> and there are disasters there. Um, it's like every every issue explores a different sort of disaster genre. That's the mm -hmm. idea of that book. So it's, it's kind of a high concept, I guess. But um, I really am proud of that comic. Um, and uh, yeah, that answers your question, I think, about what that yeah, looks like. Yeah. I, yeah. I think after hearing what they have to go through in that world, I'll never complain about a Monday ever again. Holy crap, <laughs> zombies, kaiju, uh, just all of that. It sounds like one nightmarish experience. How was uh, the uh, process working with uh, Rodrigo like, though? Uh, this was like your first time kind of getting to do sequential art with him. So how did that look like yeah. for you? We kind of fell into a pattern of working pretty quickly. Um, Rodrigo is incredible. All you have to do is go look at the preview pages for oh, they are gorgeous, yeah, <laughs> and, and see that. Um, and he's got tons of ideas. His art is so dynamic. Um, so essentially, before I had ever met Rodrigo, I had scripts for that book and for imposter syndicate that i was just holding on to to say when i meet the right artist i'll send them these scripts and they can make something out of them mm -hmm. and uh so i sent him the scripts for everything will be okay and said if you got any questions about these if there's anything you want to change or something you you know you you have the eye to present the story. So you let me know if these scripts work for you. Mm -hmm. And he came back, you know, every comic book script is a conversation. It's, <laughs> it's never set in stone. Um, and, and I don't write as if these are my words. They cannot be altered. It's, I think of it as a conversation with the artist because I think that's ultimately what they should be. And so, you know, he had some changes. He had some ideas. He said this page could be six panels instead of five, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, essentially he just was like, it clicked with him immediately. He got it. I got the pages back and they looked incredible. And we were off to the races. And then with Imposter Syndicate, it's even more simpatico. Rodrigo has added jokes to the book that aren't even in the script. Oh, that's awesome. Um, stuff that's like, you know, the whole idea is it's a superhero satire. It's, it's meant to be kind of, you know, my, my point of reference for that kind of thing is always the tick. And he's just adding in little funny things about these ridiculous characters that I'm coming up with that <laughs> perfectly fits and is funny. And, like people have noticed, I, I did another interview where somebody no said, there's a little crocodile that this one character has that I say. Thrown against the window. I love yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I, the crocodile is not in the script at all. Rodrigo put in the crocodile. And there was so much so, chaos. I loved it. It's so it. funny. Yeah. Uh, another thing, too, that I loved uh, was, uh, I'm not exactly sure, uh, What are we? do we know the protagonist's name or is that yet to be revealed? Uh, we, we know his name. His, his name is John. Uh, and which is his stage name mm -hmm. uh, on page one of the book. He says, my name is John Weston, but that's my work name. My real name is 
Horace Gorfinkel Jr. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, he's 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 an actor who has reached the point where he's at the doing children's birthday parties stage of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how far he's fallen. He used to do, you know, stage acting and all of that stuff. But uh, now he's portraying a supervillain at kids' birthday parties. And so he jumps at any offer he gets to do anything different. And uh, through, uh, uh, he happens to get a call from his agent about something she isn't even sure what it is that turns out to be an offer to be uh, the actual supervillain, the Bonobo. I love uh, the name. <laughs> uh, and so th- that is that is essentially the arc of the first issue is he gets this offer and he has to decide whether he wants to take it. And uh, talking about exploring fears, you know, everything will be okay is very like big, huge in scope, exploring fears. Imposter Syndicate, in addition to being a very silly superhero uh satire parody is also me kind of thinking about my fears as a person who does creative work. Mm -hmm. Cause I think something creative people always worry about if they've ever seen an episode of behind the music or, or some kind of show documentary about uh, a a musician that went bankrupt or something. Oh yeah. (laughs) they, They worry about signing that contract that, they were so excited to sign when they got it. And then they learn about all the downsides to it and all the stuff they didn't know uh, where they got screwed. And so uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm exploring in imposter Mm -hmm. syndicate This signing that bad contract, you know, Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. You mentioned that I was reading yesterday. I I forgot who it was. It was an artist in the early nineties, but they were talking about how she made like a dollar a CD and her album. She sold like 33 million copies and how a dollar a CD was a high going rate. And I'm like, Oh my God. So like out of 20 bucks, they're only getting like 50, 75 cents a copy. That is like, you, you would never have uh, guessed, but then you, you got to go into like thinking about well the they take you know some of that chunk for advertisement you know production so it but it's mind-boggling that they don't even make that much from it and uh you know yeah. talking to just tons of creators it's it's almost like the same thing for you guys right as comic book creators uh you know uh the uh the, the full retail price of the book like you guys only get a little chunk of that compared to uh what the publishers get yeah i mean i i haven't seen a ton of it in comics i've seen more of it in kind of traditional publishing mm-hmm. um but it, it's never as it's never what you imagine it to be when you're 13 14 <laughs> yeah. years old thinking about like i'm gonna get a book published and i'm gonna be rich because uh, mm-hmm. that that only happens for a very very select few people um you know it's it's even when you sign a standard contract, you're only getting a fraction, but then there are those really, really awful ones where, uh, you essentially get nothing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I've, I haven't had anything like that happen yet. So, uh, I hope I never do. NDAs but I, can be very scary too. Cause like, Oh yeah, for sure. If you don't have a lawyer read over it, it's like, well, 
I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about. I like, what if I get screwed over and then I can't talk about it? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the more than NDA, like the non-disclosure agreement. There's also like a lot of contracts have what they call non-disparagement clauses, where you, yeah, you're legally you can't say anything bad. <laughs> about yeah yeah, you just gotta like hold that fury within like ah Uh, real quick though we have mama geekly over on facebook stopping in uh wanting to know have you always wanted to do comics and then when you were talking about how you know you uh imposter syndicate uh kind of like relate some of your own fears uh she was mentioning that's kind of like stephen king writing about his nightmares yeah uh i i have always wanted to do comics in one sense or another i mean the it's evolved over time because when I was nine, I really definitely thought I was going to be writing Spider-Man. And part of me still wants to really write Spider-Man, but uh, I also like doing kind of my own original stuff as much or more. Uh, So it, it has always been a thing, even though my idea of what I wanted to do has evolved and change over time mm-hmm. the the idea of stephen king writing about his nightmares um maybe if i do enough writing i'll get to kind of my more fantastical nightmares instead of just the fears i experience every day in while i'm <laughs> yeah. awake because uh, because right now it's still just my fears i have as i'm awake mm-hmm. uh, so <laughs> so hopefully quick, i'll do enough work Real quick, before we take a look at the Zoop campaign, I am curious, like, how was that transition going from web comics to, like, a traditional comic? Was Did you experience, like, any hiccups at all, or was it kind of a smooth transition for you? If anything, the hiccups were with web comics. Because uh, when I used to... When we did Copernicus Jones as a web comic, I wrote it essentially as if it were a traditional comic. I, I wrote it in the format of pages instead of strips. Um so it, it ended up translating pretty well to traditional comics because traditional comics were what I always wanted to do. Okay. Uh, way more than, than web comics. I always saw web comics as just kind of a, a means to uh, doing traditional comics, not to disparage web comics at all. I, web comics are an art form on their own, mm-hmm. uh, but I, <laughs> I never really, um, well, with Copernicus Jones, I never had the inclination for it to be a webcomic. I, I tried to do some webcomics before that that never really got off the ground. That would have been more straight up webcomics. But uh, yeah, it's traditional comics were kind of always my end game. So I've always heard that webcomics were kind of like a beast within themselves. Like just like how did like the format and how to get them going. So I think right now would be a perfect segue. Let's go ahead and pull up the Zoop campaign for Imposter Syndicate and see what we're here campaigning about. We are looking at Imposter Syndicate currently at $3,917 of a $6,000 goal with 113 supporters and 30 days left to go. Congratulations on like being like right over the halfway point. Uh, How are you feeling? You just went live today. Uh, It's great. I, I think this is the best first day reaction I've ever gotten to one of these projects. This is my mm-hmm. third comics kicks or a comics crowdfunding project. Uh, the other two I've done before this were Kickstarters. Um, so I, you know, I'm elated at that. Uh, I think we're not quite at 12 hours. It's, I don't think it's been live for quite wow. 12 hours yet. And we're at 
uh, almost two thirds. If we could get to two thirds by 11 o'clock, which would be at the 12 hour mark. I Like I told you before we started, I'm moving the goalposts already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, I, I can't help but to like set those goals in my head. Mm -hmm. uh, but if that would be incredible if, if we could get there. So it's, yeah, it feels, it feels fantastic. And uh, the, the way people have been sharing it and getting it out there today has been uh, really, really great. We have a Mama Geekly saying congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations on killing it. So this is a story about what happens when a supervillain dies on the job or they just get too old for this shit and retire. Someone has to step up and put the mask on. I love that concept so much. Uh, you said this happened, you know, this idea came, you know, to you about 20 years ago. Like, yeah. what was some of that inspiration to, to put an actor in the shoes of, of a villain? You, you know, I don't really know. I think the 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 inspiration you know like i said i i loved the tick when i was younger uh the comic and the cartoon mm -hmm. and part of the tick always was like being a superhero was kind of a job you know uh th that was sort of inherent to that and other like comedic takes on superheroes so i i thought about taking that one step further cuz one thing i've one of the tropes of comics that I've always thought about a lot, but I don't see get explored a lot is how you always see that villain die. You see the Joker go down with a flaming blimp into the <laughs> bay, you know, or you mm -hmm. see uh, Mr. Zaz fall off a building or you see, you know, you see all these villains apparently die. And then they just come back somehow with often no explanation as to how they survived that last thing that should have killed them. Uh, or or at, the, at a minimum, they're like horribly injured to the point where they probably shouldn't be able to walk again. Mm -hmm. So a thing that's always stuck in my head is like, how do they come back? Like, how do they recover from that? How do they survive? And then I think just this thought popped in my head of like, what if they don't survive? What if they just get replaced? But nobody ever knows that they got replaced because they're always wearing a mask or mm -hmm. somebody gets plastic surgery to look like the previous guy or whatever. And so then I got rolling on the idea of like a supervillain dies or retires, but there's some kind of mysterious shadowy organization that wants superheroes and supervillains to keep fighting for whatever Ooh. reason. And so what if this shadowy organization hires actors to hire new or hires actors to be the new supervillains or the replacement supervillains so that the supervillains and superheroes keep fighting. They keep selling toys and video games and making movies and in this world, they even do like, you know, stage shows with superheroes. I super love just how meta world. it is, like how, how it's yeah. like a self-reflective on like how we consume like the media today. Yeah, it's it's like this is a world where superheroes are real and exist and are out fighting each other in the street, uh, fighting supervillains in the street all the time. Throwing but crocodiles. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And And, but they're also like, everything in culture um mm -hmm. you know 
not every movie we see is about superheroes, but a lot of them are. And that's kind of how the world of this book is, where it's like actors are portraying superheroes every day. Those superheroes also just happen to be real people. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I really don't know. I know why I originally wrote the script in 2003, and I know exactly why it was in 2003. Because... I was in college, I was 19, and I uh, looked through the last issue of Marvel, one of the worst comics ever made. Uh, <laughs> but the last issue of Marvel was Marvel announcing it was bringing back the epic line. And what the new epic at that time was going to be was they were going to accept pitches from anyone. And I, being 19, thought, sure, I'll send a pitch to Marvel Comics and they'll want it. And I'll make that comic at Marvel. So I thought of this idea and I wrote the pitch and I sent it to Marvel. And of course they rejected it. But ever since then, I've never gotten this idea out of my head. And now I've kind of set it in my own world and, and built it out a lot more than that original pitch but yeah this idea has been swirling around in my head that whole time no i love it let's go ahead and check out some of these tiers and then we'll look at some of those materials uh, a little closer as well so we can get the pdf for 10 bucks a soft cover main cover early bird special at 14 and this is all 44 pages you can get the soft cover variant by uh, erica henderson at 16 we have the soft cover with signed at 25 both covers at 28 Rodrigo Vargas bundle at 42. Uh, so this includes uh, both of the titles that you guys worked on together, correct? That's right. It's got the Imposter Syndicate uh, first and second issue together. And then it's got uh, Everything Will Be Okay uh, in there as well. So you can get, yeah, both of the books we worked on together there. That's awesome. And we have the Matt D. Wilson uh, bundle as well. So uh, what this is uh, includes a Supreme uh, Villainy? That's right, yeah. Uh, Supreme Villainy is the third king oblivion phd book but you don't need to have read the first two the first two were manuals for how to be a supervillain. uh supreme <laughs> villain supreme villainy is his autobiography uh and i'm very very proud of that book and uh i think it's i think it's pretty funny so hopefully uh people will want to get that um, there are only manual three of those left a manual for being a supervillain. Matt, we're going to have to like, we're going to have to do a background check on you. You're giving supervillain vibes. <laughs> I've, I, I've always been fa completely fascinated by the mindset of the supervillain. Someone who, <laughs> someone who fails and fails and fails and fails, but doesn't give up. Right? I mean, you almost have to give them a little bit of credit because they just keep swinging at it. It's like, if I had yeah. that that much motivation i would probably be somewhere a little bit higher too so uh last but not least we have a retail bundle so you can get five copies of the soft cover at 57.5 percent off so 34 dollars for that some awesome uh, add-ons right here too so a five by eight commission by rodrigo vargas and get drawn into the comic for 300 so some awesome add-ons um eight by eleven commission right here already on available too so awesome tiers right here and then let's take a look at some of these uh interiors so uh, this is uh, the supervillain that he's taking on right here in this costume. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the supervillain he's beco he's becoming. Yeah. Uh, John uh, will become the Bonobo. And uh, that's Erica Henderson's rendition of the Bonobo. Mm -hmm. uh, Erica is 
so great. It, people probably know her best from Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Um, but uh, that's that that's him. That's the bonobo in the midst of a bank robbery. <laughs> uh, his very first gig, uh, which is soon to go pretty poorly for him, I think. So I love the, uh, it almost felt like a misdirection. So you have him right here. And then I felt like this was him right here underneath. I didn't realize like the hands were him. Yeah, that's he, he's about to get punched on the yeah. main cover. <laughs> on the main cover by Rodrigo, um, we see his eyes kind of out of costume. And then, yeah, those are his hands in mm -hmm. the Bonobo costume. And uh, that superhero that's about to punch him is, uh, is named Webshot. And uh, yeah, it's, I don't think that's going to turn out well for him. Uh, so these interiors are just absolutely gorgeous. Right here we have, uh, I want to say, right, the, right there's the crocodile hitting the window, but even the lap <laughs> uh, with the hat hitting the wall and just how it yeah. was etched into the wall was just chef kiss. I mean, so uh, yeah. is Rodrigo the letterer on this as well, or do you have a, another person handling that? Rodrigo's doing the lettering. Um, Rodrigo colored these pages. Uh, although we are going to be working with a separate colorist for the rest of the book. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to hire a colorist to, to work on uh, probably recoloring these pages, uh, but similarly to what they are right now. And then uh, coloring all the rest of the art as, uh, as Rodrigo does it. Um, once he hopefully gets paid from the campaign being successful. One of my favorite uh, pages was here where you have the outline of the head and the costume and then mm -hmm. the panels within it. It just was such a gorgeous scene. Uh, I mean, what was your direction for this? Was this you or was this Rodrigo that came up with this idea? The idea of the head shape was all Rodrigo. Um, essentially, the script for that page is just sort of like a preparation montage. Mm -hmm. You know, he's putting on the gloves, putting on the costume getting his money bag uh, and walking out of the room with the, uh, the contract he was given sitting, sitting on the desk. Uh, Rodrigo made it his head shape. And I think it is just like, it's, it's so indicative of Rodrigo just having this incredible creative visual style that makes everything better. I, mm -hmm. I get I get the pages back and I just say this is better than I even imagined it to be, which is what every comic writer wants, you know. Uh, and it's so. it's just re remarkable that was a listener to your show first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, and then I got to ask too. So the superhero right here is a little like reminiscent of uh, someone you were talking about wanting to write for when uh, for Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Was that like your little nod to that or? Oh yeah. I mean, w when this was a Marvel pitch. Um, I I don't feel afraid to say because he he's obviously a satire parody version of Spider Man now. Mm -hmm. um, the webs come out of his feet, and he's I got a totally so <laughs> and he's got a totally different costume. And he you know he's he's a different guy, and he's a parody of Spider Man. But in the original pitch, uh, that was actually Spider Man, and the villain that John became was the Gibbon, uh, who is like this third stringer Marvel supervillain. Mm -hmm. I, I love the kind of scrub Mar <laughs> yeah. Marvel bad guys. Um, so, so that's what he, that's what he became in the original uh, book in the original pitch. And uh, now he becomes the Bonobo and it's, it's a pretty different character from the Gibbon, but 
he is very much a nod to spider-man uh in the second issue we're introduced to a lot more kind of like fully original characters um that are satirical takes on uh archetypes or or superhero tropes mm-hmm. but they're not sort of one-to-one analogs uh like like the two in this first issue are. you know i got i gotta say shooting webs from the feet would be awesome for when you don't want to like get up and put your socks and shoes on you just use your <laughs> feet and like <laughs> that'd be awesome so for everyone that watching right here is the link to check out this campaign be sure to back it today if you're unable to back it simply putting this on facebook and twitter word of mouth is 100 free you have nothing to lose sharing this awesome project so after going through this and checking out all those lovely interiors uh matt what would you like to say to anyone who might be on the fence about backing if you just had a few seconds to kind of address that if you're on the fence about backing i would just say give it a shot because rodrigo's art is only going to get better and you're gonna you're gonna love what you see with his art i feel like the number one selling point of this book is the artwork and if there's one thing i would love to happen from this zoop campaign is for more people to become aware of just how good Rodrigo is mm-hmm. and for him to get more attention in the comics world. Uh, but also as far as the story goes, it, it's a ride and you're going to go on a ride. It's the, the, what you see in those preview pages is a lot of kind of like regular superhero punch them up stuff. And there is a lot of that in the book, but you're also going to get a story with a lot of, laughs and a lot of big intrigue i really love the ultimate mystery of the book which is who is doing this who is hiring these people to do this job uh you know the job of going out and punching each other in the street like who who is who is so interested in keeping this whole thing going and uh that is an answer i have in my back pocket that i think will will be satisfying for people ultimately you're, you're not going to get it in these first two issues but by supporting the first two issues and and helping us get them out there uh that helps us continue uh the story later and i really i will find it whatever way i can to make sure that this whole story gets told eventually so you mentioned two uh issues i mean what's next for you in 2023 are we going to see any more installments from this series or any other projects you're working on i certainly hope to make more of this 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 book is my focus right now um depending on how things end up with the zoop campaign um you know if we end up with enough to not just fund these first two issues but get things going on a third i i would be more than happy to keep that going and and do it i that's really going to be my focus this year this is a comic like i said it's it's 20 years in the making and mm-hmm. and i put it off and put it off for a long time or gotten wrapped up in other projects or gotten wrapped up in uh, the day-to-day podcasting and and my day job and and whatever else has kind of been put in front of me and I don't want to put off this book in this story anymore. It's, I got to get this thing out of my head. (laughs) And so 
so that it's really going to be my focus this year and uh if we can do more than just these two i i would really love to make that happen that's awesome matt thank you so much for coming on having such an awesome conversation uh and talking about your book before we let you go i always love asking for a little bit of advice and you know you mentioned that this book had a lot of like reflection of some of the fears that you experienced you know throughout your your uh, history as a creator so for anyone out there maybe dealing with some fears within themselves what advice would you offer to them to kind of help them work through that i think a lot of times people don't make creative work because they're worried that it's going to be bad yeah they're, they're worried they're they're worried that they're going to put it out in the world and it's going to be criticized or it's going to be uh made fun of or you know uh, you know i have that fear too but the truth is whatever creative work you do first is gonna be bad to mediocre and you have to be okay with it and it doesn't <laughs> and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it is because you made something and as soon as you've made something it's easy to make the next thing it's easier to make the next thing and then you're creating more and more and more and it becomes and you get better at it because how do you get good at something you do reps you you do it over and over and over again mm -hmm. so if you're one of those if you're somebody who wants to be a writer wants to be an artist and, and says i'm an aspiring writer for example Stop being an aspiring writer today and be a writer. Sit in front of the, the screen, sit in front of the blank screen, the blank page, and just start. And if you're worried that it it looks bad, it's incoherent, you're not sure what where it goes next, don't worry about that. Just get, whatever ideas you have, get them down. And you can become you can put on your editor hat later and fix it mm -hmm. but anytime i hear anybody say i'm an aspiring writer i'm inclined to say why don't you just be a writer yeah and, and do it so that's that's my piece of advice get your reps in if if you're really embarrassed by the work when you're done with it you don't have to show it to anybody but finish something mm -hmm. and then it's that much easier to finish the next thing that will be better than the thing you did before. I love it. Stop being inspiring and start being a writer today, guys. That was some awesome advice. Matt, real quick, uh, where can everyone find your podcast too before we let you go? You, you brought it up a handful of times, but yep. uh, I, I haven't got a link yet. So give us that link and I'll make sure to update the description so people can go okay. subscribe to you uh, after the podcast. Yeah, the uh, the website is just warrocketajax.com. Um, it, that'll take you to our Zencaster page with all of our episodes. Uh, but also it's, it's just, you can just search for war rocket Ajax on iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, uh, you know, where any podcast app that's out there, you can search for war rocket Ajax and there it is. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much. Everyone watching right there is the link. Be sure to back this awesome campaign today and hit him with a subscription too. Uh, always love showing uh, support and love to a fellow podcaster. Matt, thank you so much for swinging by everyone watching. I hope you all have a, a lovely Tuesday evening, but most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.